there is a bone in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bone in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Psalm 19 in the ESV. Hello and welcome. My hey! Name, my name is Brian. My name is Grant. How are you doing, Grant? I'm a little bit uh, weirded out. My my wife and my son were here and they were, they, they had a mirror and they were like pointing at me and laughing and I'm not really sure what was going on right before we were yeah i was watching the video and i think they're trying to shine a light in your eyes and they thought it was i guess hilarious, but it, they did but it uh, wasn't very strong i i did get a note however my son handed me a note and it scrawled in his handwriting is he was right you are going crazy <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know kids good. these days uh <laughs> So, um, how's your week been, man? Week's been, it's been good. Uh, my wife mm -hmm. is nearing the end of her pregnancy. What? Uh, yes. No way. So tomorrow is Monday and yes. she is scheduled to be induced, uh, that 
the next Monday. So, oh wow! So it is. It's actually he's got a week. Yeah, it's actually it's 9 p.m. on Sunday right now as we record, and she is scheduled to go in at midnight Sunday night, Monday morning, to get that started. So we're yeah. oh man. So we're like right. right at the exact one week. By the time we finish recording this, we'll be like in a week from now. <laughs> Which, of course, means that uh, we'll probably have like a three to four week gap in between this episode and the next one. So, maybe I... Uh, that's okay. We, you know, our, our listeners probably need a break to catch up on our past episodes. Where that's can they true. find those, Brian? They can find them a number of places. They can find them on the Apple iTunes uh, podcast app. They can find them on Spotify app. They can find them at our website, balmcast.com. Uh, in fact, I was talking to a, a gentleman last night, and he was asking where where can I find your podcast. And I said, well, you can download you know, Spotify. He goes, can I just use Google? Yeah. And so I said, yeah, yeah, you can, you can just I go to so. our website. Yeah, you can just go to the web browser and pull up balmcast.com. I pulled it up for him. It's a gentleman named uh, Steve Greenfield. Oh. Is he related to Karen by any chance? He is. Yeah, yeah, he's he's her husband. That's awesome. We love our fans on this show, and you can connect with us and our fans at our uh, Slack channel, which is called Tech Reformation. We're part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts. So if you go to slack.techreformation.com, you can drop your email in there. We'll send you a link. And you'll be all set up. Check out the Balm in Gilead channel there. And mm-hmm. we're there hanging out uh, with all our good friends. So yeah. please, yeah, come and visit. And we look forward to seeing you there. And if you happen to be in Cottleville, Missouri, uh, you can go to mm. Grace PCA, uh, our church. And you will get to, uh, you can even come to my small group and you can have dinner with Whoa. Uh, with Miss Karen Greenfield or Mr. Chris okay. Seahorn and families and other people. In fact, we were supposed to record last night, but I was having dinner with our de- dearly beloved friends and listeners, and uh, and so we didn't record last night. So yeah, this episode no, will drop awesome, on a Tuesday man. instead of a Monday, and so uh, it'll be. They I don't care. Maybe. <laughs> Chris Seahorn seems to care more than anyone else. Oh, does he? Okay. Chris, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, it's your let, fault. I was having dinner yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, you have no excuses, man. Uh, that's okay. I got to watch the Dodger game. Is, is anyway, that still a thing? Is it, is it like, is well, it yeah. Thing? Baseball is weird right now, let me tell you. I, like, I'm a lifelong baseball fan. I love baseball. And um, watching these games without any fans and they have piped thank goodness they pipe in the crowd noises otherwise it'd just be too weird but um yeah they the stands are empty but our hearts are full uh full of baseball and the streakers Uh, are digital yes oh man another (laughs) another babylon b reference right there it's just they're just so good they're just so good and it's just (laughs) low-hanging fruit and i just couldn't yeah 
Perhaps, but I, you know, if we're going to keep mentioning them, Babylon B needs to give us a shout out. <laughs> they did. Remember, remember that one time that they read their their love mail, and I was the first one. Oh, that's right. You were the guy. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot that you were on their podcast too. And I, for, and I, and I forgot to change my name back to Emerson, so they read it as Brian Jimerson. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a running joke on the Tech Reformation uh, Slack channel as well. Uh, when. Yeah. We were, some of us were unsure at one point in time. In fact, I, until recently, really thought it, like when I first saw uh, Ben Robin's name, I was like, oh, Ben Robin. It's obviously Robin, R-O-B-I-N. And then then Jim Briggs called him Ben Robin. And I was like, well, maybe, (laughs) maybe it's Robin. And then he finally called himself. That's what I thought too. (laughs) I was like, wait, it really is Robin? Yeah, Yeah, I still, I still cannot hear it correctly now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. So if you join Slack, uh, be prepared to have your name mangled. <laughs> hey, we'll try to be nice about it, though. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, uh, you know, I, I've been listening to a few artists. I just got back into Last FM. Have, mm-hmm. you, have you ever heard of that? I service? had it like forever ago, but I guess uh-huh. I didn't use it too often. I probably okay. only ever listened to Switchfoot on it anyway, to be, hey. to be fair. That's fine. Um, I, I I honestly just uh, like I had it back way way back in in 2007 yeah, to 2010. I was using it, and back when it was cool. Uh, but then I quickly learned that you couldn't listen to music for free on it, and so I was just streaming from my iTunes on my hard drive on yeah, my computer. I think that's what I was, it was doing scrabbling. Too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I picked it back up because I thought it'd be fun to talk see what I'm listening to. And this was the easiest way I could find to kind of track that. And over the past 30 days, which is really about the past two weeks, uh, the corner room has been coming up a lot in my playlist. How about for you, man? Well, um, I would say that there are two broad categories of what I've been listening to. Mm -hmm. Um, first would be, uh, switchfoot. But um, okay, well they they released uh they released an EP. Uh, Switchfitted? Yeah. It's oh, a, that's right. It's on covers, so they did yeah. six covers. Um, I don't have the original artists' names pulled up. Uh, uh, they're not important. They're not. They're not that important. But Swim Good, <laughs> Harmony Hall, Stupid Deep, Lucky Man, Lights Up, and Sick Boy are the the six tracks that are on there. Uh, yeah, Lucky Man is actually. I remember the band that that one did. That was a band called The Verve. It's actually mm-hmm. one of one of Switchfoot's band members. It's their. It's his favorite band, and they've actually done. Away. They've done a cover of that song before in the past. So it's a. They just re-recorded their old cover that they did a while ago. But um, the song "Stupid Deep" actually completely sounds like a Switchfoot song. Like if you listen to it, if you weren't mm-hmm. told that this was not a Switchfoot song, completely slides right into to their uh, their style, their um, their metaphors and stuff, and, and mm-hmm. their subject matter. Uh, Sick Boy is one of the most fantastic songs that I've heard in a really, I, really long time. I like that one as well, actually. Yes, it's a really really good song. Um, one of the things I was going to say about Stupid Deep is I, I don't know anything about the guy that originally wrote it, but I'm pretty sure he's mm-hmm. talking about romantic love in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when John Foreman, who is a Christian, sings it, it completely changes the song. It's very, very similar to 
when Johnny Cash sang a Nine Inch Nails song, it com- just because of who sang it changes the meaning of it. And, and, I, and I think that's a really interesting paradigm. Um, so there's that. Very cool. But I'd say what I've listened to the most over the past uh, few weeks is I've decided to uh, to pull, uh, using Spotify, just pull as many just really good modern uh, renditions of Psalms as I can into a, to a playlist. And so I've got a gigantic playlist that has almost 600 songs on it. And I've been slowly going through, I decided I'm going to slowly go through each section of the Psalter and put together like my pick, like which one, which songs just resonate with me, uh, which ones that do I feel really pursue beauty, but really do justice to the original text. Um, and so I started with the songs of ascent. Mm-hmm. So I have a playlist and then we are going to share this playlist um, it's Psalms 120 through 134. And yeah. the corner room is on there twice. Uh, yes. In fact, I found the corner room while doing this particular uh, experiment and shared them with you. And that's why they're on your playlist as well. Well, part of it. Part yeah. Of it. I, I, um, I revitalized. We had started looking. You. Uh, yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> uh, for sure. But the Psalms and searching out uh, some of the Psalms and just the amazing renditions that people have done of those over the past, even just the past couple of years, it feels like um, are really, really good. And corner room is one of the best, I think. Yes. Uh, But even some of the ones that I've been listening to that are um, really good too, are, are there one uh, songs that aren't, part of the Psalms project yeah, that they've done their first Corinthians uh, and their uh, yes. Isaiah. Yes. Uh, especially um, the, I'm sorry. I need to find it here. Yeah. They did one on first Corinthians 13. Then they did one. That's on Isaiah, the one. Isaiah 53. Yeah. Love never ends is the name of it. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. And I, I tell you what, like, especially movement two, which is verses four through 10 of first Corinthians 13 uh, is just, wonderful like the just the range of musical style the um the prosody i guess yeah. you could say yeah uh, of, of that and, and they also have instrumental versions on there too mm-hmm. which is wonderful so if you're looking for a good listen i definitely recommend the corner room yeah they've got those those two albums that we mentioned and they have one album that's just kind of a hodgepodge and then they have two very long albums of psalms and I'm pretty sure, and, then, and they just released another album, like, in the last couple of weeks, that's like kid songs, it's like Bible memory verses, but... Oh, really? Oh, yeah, man, you, I, I think, missed that one. I think you sent it to me. Well, oh, oh, that one. You, you okay, may not yeah, have realized yeah. it, was an, it was a new release, but yeah, you, you sent Remember me and Proclaim Scripture Songs for a Little... Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and I think all of their songs are just straight up ESV. Like they just, they yeah. don't, they don't paraphrase anything. They just take the text and set it to music. Yeah. And that is very difficult to do. <laughs> um, and these, these guys do it and make it look easy. Like usually if you take a text and set it to music, it sounds really clunky. And uh, I, I had a seminary professor once who said, one of the worst things anyone can say to you is like, oh man, that looked really hard. 
because <laughs> if they say that looked really hard, that means you did a bad job. Bad job. <laughs> um, and so a lot of they said that in art school too. Yeah, and the so, little of it that I had. <laughs> and so if so, a lot of like Bible memory songs like that they don't paraphrase anything. A lot of times it it sounds like man they. You worked really hard on that. I can tell. It's like no, that would be really bad. But they make it look easy. Like they make it look like anyone can do it. And I believe me, not anyone can can do it and make it sound that good. So corner room, huge plus. Um, Cardiphonia Music. We mentioned them before. Yeah, they they're a collective. Uh, a guy named Bruce Benedict is the kind of head over it. And I don't mm-hmm. know what the process is on how they do this, but I, I imagine it's probably somewhat like a call of submission where they say, Hey, uh, it might be word of mouth. It might, it might be a forum somewhere. I don't know, but I think people submit music to them and then they collect it and release it as a collection so that each artist is only putting together maybe two or three songs and they're not having to like focus years on, you know, writing 15 difficult songs. And so, uh, they can put together a collection really quick. So this playlist that I have, it's almost entirely either Cardiphonia music or it is an individual song that has been published by Cardiphonia. So uh, like on there, I've got like Psalm 125 is a guy named Gregory Wilbur. Um, the ver- and uh, he actually is on the Cardiphonia album. He, re- he re-recorded this particular song for Cardiphonia and I liked his other recording better. Um, Nice. And then uh, 126 is by Bifrost Arts, and they, yeah. and uh, they're like that particular song is the mm-hmm. same song that is on the Cardiphonia album. However, it's a different version, and again, I liked that one better. And something that I found out is if you look on Spotify for these albums, and then you look on Bandcamp for these albums, some of the tracks are a little different. Oh, so, really? So Corner Room was on their 119 album on Bandcamp, but they're not on the 119 album on Spotify. And the Bifrost Art song is on Bandcamp, but not on the Spotify. It's it's kind of weird. So, I, yeah. but, but you can find them all on Spotify. But yeah, the Robbie Say Band, I think that's the only one that hasn't worked with Cardiphonia that's on this particular playlist. Okay, so, yeah, Psalm 134, they, yeah. they handle that one for us. Um, so a special thanks to all the uh, wonderful artists out there. Mm-hmm are making this kind of stuff happen and uh we've kind of put together what uh what we think are the best of the psalms of ascent so check it out we'll drop a link in the notes or you can hit us up on slack and what else you got yeah uh send us an email there is at bombcast.com if you have any other suggestions if you're like man I, i like this list but i think that i really like this particular song i think you should listen to that or if you go through, we'll also post the gigantic Psalm playlist. And if there's anything you, you feel like you could add, I think I have it where you can just add stuff. If you just, if you have an account, you can just add stuff to it. I made it collaborative. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, I will say, Brian, uh, my number two, right after the corner room was crown and covenant. So mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, Psalms from the Trinity Psalter, yeah. um, as well. Uh, you never know, um, yeah. when those might come in. And uh, that's true. And uh, and I listen through <laughs> I listen through some of those as well. And uh, and I will get more into into that in a future episode because I am gearing up in the future 
to do a it'll pro, it's probably gonna be a pretty hefty uh series of podcast episodes on the psalms and so nice. this is, a lot of this has been preparation for that but okay um, i am a huge advocate for original music and setting uh setting the texts to original music and um as opposed to just picking a pre-existing tune that works with the with the lyrics. So I will get more into that in the future, so stay tuned. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, all right. Well, we do have a point of follow-up, by the way. Yeah? Yeah, and I'm actually kind of a little saddened by this uh, because our good friend David Latchett uh, had put on our Slack channel – this a couple of weeks ago and I completely forgot about it until just a little bit ago. Yeah. I completely missed it. Like you, <laughs> like I, I left a little note. I'm not sure even saw that comment, but yeah, no, I saw it. Um, I was just trying to, you know, save you some face, but yeah, you, you missed it completely. That's okay. That's okay though. But we, We're going to we rectify that right now. <laughs> Our resident doctor. Um, so David Latchett had, actually a lot of different responses. This is going back to uh, kind of when we first announced sort of those deathbed playlists, which if you have one, keep sending them in. We got another submission. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's very exciting. Thank you. Yeah. And um, are you going to say who submitted? Or are you just uh, going to leave it? I, I, was it? Uh, it was Brad Bainhoff. He it was Brad Bainhoff. He finished yeah, the list. that's right. That's right. He, yeah, we had, we had misspoken earlier that we had only gotten one submission and he had actually already had a wonderful conversation with us about some of the other, yeah. uh, some, some songs on there. And so he sent some more. Uh, but if you are looking for some of those songs that are very meaningful, um, full of hope, uh, definitely, uh, songs that you want played in the darker days of life, uh, send those over to us. We're compiling those into kind of a bigger list and, I don't know. I think it'll be really interesting to see what people come up with. Yeah. But um, David Latchett reached out during, during around that time and uh, had a question kind of related to that, which reads almost completely unrelated, but on my mind because of big Rona, what about a song selection criterion of would you risk your life to sing this song? Did we, and um, I don't believe we ever, no. talked about that but no we, we didn't and and i think that that's it's a really fantastic way of looking at it and the idea is if you in the idea of a pandemic and uh whether or not you believe any of the quote-unquote conspiracy theories about how serious corona is uh just in the even the idea of like think of the bubonic plague back when that was going on and people were dying and their bodies were being thrown out into the streets to be collected, you know, going to church was a matter of, of life or death. You know, you, you could catch your death at church. What songs would you be willing to risk your life to go and sing? And, uh, you know, at the, at the first, the, when Corona first hit, when things first started shutting down, it seemed like it, might be that. And uh, so which songs would you be willing to risk your life to go and meet together with the brothers and sisters to sing openly? Uh, what songs are worth it? 
Yeah, uh, whether for coronavirus or persecution by a, yeah. a hostile regime, yeah. um, either way, uh, there are plenty of reasons why uh, somebody might be hauled away. But yeah, what I don't know. Do you have a song? Let's see. I'm the, the one that came comes to my mind almost every time is the doxology. Yeah, but. I don't know if there's um, uh, there's one for you that that kind of would call you out upon the waters, maybe to sing <laughs> together. Oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, not that one. Not that one. No, um, I mean, in the idea of would I risk my life to sing these songs? Uh, for me, I don't think it would take too much. For me, I'd be risking my life to go being to be with my brothers and sisters. Like singing isn't. Mm-hmm necessarily you know the reason why i go to church it's not the reason why i would be risking yeah. my life to go however if i were to go to to church to risk my life to be with with my brothers and sisters and we sang all hillsong or all bethel i'd be disappointed <laughs> yeah. it almost seemed like a what <laughs> why did i come yeah no, I understand that. Um, and I think it's a really good point that you brought up that it's not that we're going to church in order to sing a particular song or not. In fact, if that is your reason for going to church, I urge you to re-examine what worship is. But that the music isn't the, the big reason necessarily. It's more about the overall worship that we are called to uh, do together as mm-hmm. a church body. And it's really that that is to be protected um, yeah. and that which is to be risked for. Um, though, at the same time, uh, we also want to be smart about it. If it is coronavirus, like my my wife actually just got back um, last week from from California where she was potentially exposed to COVID-19. And so we actually didn't end up going to the church today mm-hmm. um, and watch it online and said, just out of, you know, recognition that we don't want to get anybody else sick. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we also do not want to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, as it says in Hebrews 10. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. a couple of good, good reminders there. Yeah. Last week uh, I I didn't go because I had been exposed to someone, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it's a, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, all of that. I will be very happy when this is a thing of the past. And, uh, I, I've, I've heard a really good theory and that is that around November 3rd, November 4th, it's just going to disappear. I feel like I'm missing the other half of that election day oh (laughs) i get you i get you all right yeah um i mean if you just have the right person in office uh problems kind of have a way of disappearing don't they yeah or just when there's no one vying for it when it's (laughs) when it's like sealed done over let's just move on to the next thing yeah I'm ready. This is this has been 
I've, I've lived through many election years. I'm just going to go a little political for just a second. I've lived through many election years. This has been the weirdest one. It's, it's odd. It's, yeah, it's, been, it's definitely different. It's been very different. Four years ago was four years ago was crazy because nobody expected the outcome to be what it was. But yeah. even four years before that and four years before that, it was just it's just been building up. But this is this has just been something else. Yeah, you're right. Like you can kind of trace it back and it just feels like it's gotten more and more um, divided more and more um, just whatever little cracks between Americans that you can find. Uh, it feels like there's a politician ready and willing to exploit it. So yeah. makes you, and... it just makes you want to raise a hallelujah. Oh, Hey, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what do you say? We talk about a couple of songs and uh, go over um, yeah. just, just take them through the, take them through the, 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 the track, the balm in Gilead, um, uh, reading system. Absolutely. Yeah. So last week we talked about, um, we talked about doing, uh, we, I think I said, we need to do a song versus song sometime soon. And so All right. we decided what a better time than right now. So we're going to do, yeah. we're going to talk about two songs. We're going to do raise a hallelujah, uh, which is by, uh, Jonathan and Melissa Helzer. Um, and we're also going to do, um, tremble, by Mosaic mm-hmm. MSC, and mm-hmm. um, I yeah these I've I have put a lot of thought into both of these songs for a long time, and when we were when I was getting ready to make the show notes, I just pulled up two previous reviews that had already typed up. So uh, <laughs> Brian, you don't have to say that. <laughs> so I, I have. <laughs> I haven't completely gone over all of what I have written, what I had written in the past. And so some of this I think is going to be interesting to go and reread as, uh, as we're recording live. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure my thoughts are mostly the same, but. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be there to ask questions about your, your, your thoughts and then maybe it'll help sharpen them. Sounds good. On a good day. Okay. So um, something that we are going to do a little different this time is uh, because we added that, that extra category of uh, the authorship of the song and whether or not the person is publicly uh, spouting out heresies, um, we decided to do a little bit of background research on both of these songs, and we will deliver that so we can kind of set a little bit of a context. That sounds great. So um, first off, Let's look at Raise a Hallelujah, and this song is by Bethel, uh, which we've spoken about before. Once but or twice. I, I just, yeah, once or twice. But I just want to give you a little bit, uh, you know, background, not just, you know, you know, their Bethel music. We've talked about them before. You can go look back at those episodes. But this is their first, uh, well, Jonathan Melissa Helzer's first single to break through to the top 10 of us hot christian songs uh it actually peaked at number two and it was their first number one entry on the christian airplay chart um so it won a dove award um it was the worship recorded song of the year at the 50th annual uh, gma dove awards so that's very exciting for them so kind of the story behind it was that 
um, there was in their church there, um, it was the son, uh, Jackson Taylor, uh, the son of their chief executive officer, like the church actually has a legit CEO um, called Joel, uh, named Joel Taylor. And his son actually uh, was two, I believe at the time and got hemolytic uremic syndrome, HUS. And I, I don't know much about it, but I, I guess it's caused by like an E. coli infection. And in any case, was in the hospital and really in dire straits, right? So they put out the call for prayer and they uh, prayed over him. They kind of like met up at the hospital all together, like unplanned. So they saw that as like a big, big sign. Um, but Jonathan was actually praying over uh, Jackson there. And this song just kind of came to him pretty spontaneously. And uh, eventually... Uh, you know, recorded it and then just kind of a rough, rough cut of it and then just played it for him over and over again. And he did actually recover, which was, you know, wonderful answer to prayer. Uh, and so they decided to actually put that into their, uh, the studio recorded version into their upcoming release. And it released back in 2019, uh, last year, March 8th. So, that is, you know, there's a couple of news stories which we'll link to in the show notes about kind of the writing, but we just wanted to kind of provide a little bit of a background. Now, um, this was a tremendous answer to prayer. Uh, Bethel, as you may recall, has been famous or infamous, if you will, for trying to pray a small child back to life um, who had died. Uh, that happened not too long ago. And also more recently by quoting some... Uh, some J.R.R. Tolkien and uh, banishing racism by banging a stick on the ground. Yeah, so they're, they're <laughs> kind of their, their, their theology is maybe a bit askew, but at least here, um, this kind of came out first as a prayer and uh, then as a, then as a song. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a very, it is a very interesting story. Um, I'm now just thinking of racism shall not pass. <laughs> we'll, we'll link yeah. that in the, in the notes as well. It's, uh, and thank you, Karen Greenfield for sending that to us. It's, uh, disturbing. So raise a hallelujah. Um, uh, so I'm going to go into, into this, I'm going to read line by line, and I'm going to uh, just add some some thoughts as I go, uh, and then we can give some concluding thoughts as we get to the end of it. So it starts. Yeah. It says, uh, "I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies." That's the first line, and in the presence of my enemies, immediately that jumps out to me as being from Psalm 23 in verse five, where it says. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And uh, the it's the same language, in the presence of my enemies. I mean, so he didn't just, like, it can't be coincidence. He's trying to pull from Psalm 23. Um, but he changes the context from what 
God does for us. God sets a table before us in the presence mm-hmm. of my enemies, providing yeah. providing for what we need, uh, even in a seemingly difficult situation. And it focuses in the song completely on my actions. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Cuts God completely out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's immediately first line. That's disconcerting to me. Um, so the the next line, I raise a hallelujah louder than my unbelief. Um, I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. Um, so when I think of weapon and in biblical language, like what God prescribes as weapon, I think of uh, Ephesians six. Uh, we're talking about the yeah. the full armor, armor of God, of God. and sure. the weapon. The only offensive weapon we have is the Word of God. So, mm-hmm. my weapon is not a melody. My weapon is the truth of Scripture. A melody is completely subjective in in terms of everything. Like we've talked about that in the past. Like it doesn't matter what the melody is. Um, a melody cannot carry any theological weight by itself it has to be paired with the truth of scripture to have any sort of of lasting power like we can hum amazing grace and it only has power because of the words behind it and uh and so my weapon is a melody it just i don't know it's putting the focus on the wrong thing Uh, also the idea of like louder than my unbelief Mm -hmm. Uh, and i'm pretty sure i talk about this later but that idea of louder than my unbelief, it's like I'm I am trying to speak louder and it's kinda of like a fake it till you make it kind of mm. idea, which just makes me think of the prophets of Baal. Like I get a huge prophets of Baal vibe from this song. Um So the Prophets of Baal we're talking to like uh first Kings nineteen, I believe. Yeah. And where they were going around shouting about uh, Baal. This was kind of a God versus Baal yeah. uh, competition that Elijah sort of set up. Yeah, um, that, that's the one. Yeah, and so they were going around cutting themselves with knives, as is their custom, mm-hmm. and uh, you know just praying all day long for rain, uh, or for, well, not for rain, for for their for God, uh, Baal, for fire from heaven yeah. to uh, kind of consume their offering to show. Uh, and what's really great about that story is, yeah, I'm, and yeah. they heard nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still pretty convinced he was on the toilet. <laughs> That's right. Elijah was heckling him and was totally like, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. It's one of the funnier passages. So, so moving on, uh, I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. Is That's the last line of the first verse. So mm-hmm. heaven is the first word really here that like even really in context or I guess not in context, but out of, out of context, like just by itself in a vacuum uh, brings in the idea of God. Um, Other than that, like other than the fact that hallelujah really means praise to God, the Yah is Yahweh. Um, If you just think of hallelujah as a, watered down word that it's kind of become um you know i raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies i raise a hallelujah louder than my unbelief i raise a hallelujah my weapon is a melody none of that points to god none of that points Mm. to god i raise a hallelujah uh heaven comes to fight for me that kind of points to god but 
still it's very 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 weak and then it gets into the chorus i'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar gonna g-o-n-n-a um (laughs) so louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar uh and the line is just so boastful it's it's look at me look at me look at how loud i am you're gonna hear me like you're gonna hear me um and it, it, it focuses on the quality of the action rather than the quality of the heart like you're gonna hear me like i'm i am doing it just look at me look at this quality look at what look at what i'm giving to you but uh, Psalm 51 actually warns against focusing on the action over the heart. It says, you know, if you wanted sacrifices, I'd bring it. But you, that's not what you want. What you want is a broken and a contrite heart. And, uh, and this song is focusing on the, on the sacrifice itself. It's not focusing on the heart behind it. Ah, so it's more like this is saying that we're, we're looking towards... Um, what we're supposed to be doing, so sort of our actions rather than um, our our heart, the very center of uh, our actions, right? Right. It's not what goes into the body; it's what comes out exactly um, of the heart. And I mean, and even then, like the whole idea of the gospel isn't about our actions at all. It's not even, it's it's about God's actions, it's about Christ's actions, and uh, so far, all that's been focused on is what I'm doing. Um, so the next line, one of my favorites, uh, up from the ashes, hope will arise. And, uh, so again, with the idea of the Phoenix imagery, uh, which is a pagan Greek mythology, not an actual Christian image. However, it's found itself into a lot of good Christian songs. <laughs> a lot of a little, Christian lot songs. Of Christian yeah, it's songs. just sort of strange. Um, I don't know why. And uh, and I've said this before, but you know the Bible does use ash imagery in the context of mourning and of repentance, but never there's never like a triumphal rising from the ashes. There's there's this idea of you will turn my weeping into dancing or um you know, sorrow will only last for the night, but hope comes in the morning. Like yeah. that, I mean, you could argue that one, but this is just, it's not the worst of the Phoenix imagery in music that I've seen, but it's, you know, you, you really, really have to like stretch that one um, for it to be biblical. The next line is the closest to a, it's the closest to an actual gospel truth in the song. And it's death is defeated. The King is alive. That is the closest it gets to mentioning God and Jesus. Like not, not even, not even just Jesus, but it doesn't even mention God. The song doesn't, but this is the closest it gets. Death is defeated. The King is alive. So that is true. I mean, that's a, that is a wonderful line and uh, you can see with the background of the song how uh how uh, i hate to say meaningful but meaningful that can be you know mm-hmm. because you're you're reflecting on uh, i i would assume jesus's death here mm-hmm. and his defeating death because he rose again um and our king is alive uh, but yeah it would be helpful 
to associate that more closely with Jesus. I definitely see yeah, that. Yeah, and, and even in the context of when the song was written, you know, death being defeated, you know, praying over this little boy and him, you know, coming mm-hmm. back from the brink of death and, and making a recovery. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that it is good to say, you know, death is defeated, the king is alive. But, you know, you, you told the story as he, Jonathan, sang this song over and over and over again. And do you think that he, he believes that he healed him with the power of his melody? Uh, is his melody as the weapon to fight off the disease? Like, the, like listening to mm, that's this a good song, point. it's all about what he's done. It's not about the work of God. It's not thanking God for, for his work. It's just, look at me. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar. Uh, who's calling? Who is arising the hope? Is God rising the hope or am I rising the hope with my with my melody? Oh, yeah. Is it up to me or is it up to God? Um, and are we resting in God or are we resting in ourselves? Yeah. Uh, kind of like relying. And uh, it's funny because you see that particular theme right there, uh, that particular difference, I guess, uh, in a lot of different songs that we've kind of talked about, mm-hmm. Oceans. Uh, raise a hallelujah. Um, the uh, the other one, <laughs> um, uh, reckless love, reckless love. Yes, you, you know, they all have this kind of idea of what we ought to be doing instead of what God is doing and trying to align our, ourselves and our hearts through prayer with what God is doing. Um, and what we but what we see instead is kind of like this pull yourself up by the bootstraps and i've got to call down god's fire somehow or i've got to find it within myself uh to 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 have enough faith or uh, or you know walk on the water or yeah. <laughs> whatever it is uh completely disconnected from the power that actually uh, enables all that but in any case yeah that's uh just a quick observation yeah um absolutely in the next section it says uh i raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me i raise a hallelujah i will watch the darkness flee i raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery i raise a hallelujah fear you lost your hold on me um those lines are just, they don't mean anything with everything inside of me. You know, I will watch the darkness flee. I mean, even this, they literally say in the middle of the mystery, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) It literally doesn't mean anything in the middle of the mystery. I'm admitting it doesn't mean anything. Um, like the mystery book. (laughs) And then, uh, of course, referring to fear, addressing fear, fear you lost your hold on me um Mm. and again there is no mention of sin but they are mentioning this fear um in in its in its place as if that's what we need to be saved from and then it gets into this really interesting section where it just says sing a little louder like the, the male voice is singing sing a little louder over and over and mm-hmm. over again where the female voice is just repeating some of the stuff they've already said louder than the unbelief. My weapon is the melody. Heaven comes to fight for me. 
in the presence of my enemies. Um, and just to sing a little louder. And this is where I put in the notes about the, uh, the prophets of Baal. Cause it's, uh, in first Kings eighteen twenty seven, it says, uh, cry aloud for, yeah, for he is a God. Either he is musing or he is relieving himself or he is on a journey <laughs> or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. And so I, I think of this, I'm singing a little bit louder. I'm singing a little bit louder. And why am I singing louder? Is it because it's either for one of two reasons. It's either so I can show off or it's because God can't hear me. And so I'm trying to get his attention. And, uh, so that, and if God can't hear you, you're probably going praying to the to Baal right, rather than God. Right. <laughs> um, but I wanted to also give a contrast when Jesus gave us the Lord's prayer, he, he, he started it in Matthew six, seven, he said, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think mm-hmm. that they will be heard for their many words. And so, uh, yeah. So this song, I just, I, it just really reminds me of, of the prophets of Baal. It's, it's all about me. Like this song points to me. Look at my accomplishments. Look at how loud I'm singing. Look at what I'm doing. Um, yes, death is defeated. The king is alive. But that it doesn't even say God. It doesn't say Jesus. It doesn't say, it doesn't even say spirit lead me. You know, it just, uh, it just says the King and that's not enough. And yeah. Yeah. You have to, yeah. Again, prayer is like about aligning ourselves to God and to God's will. And when instead it turns into this kind of, you know, sing a little louder uh, session. I use the, uh, I, I like to use the imagery of the glory seat. Like who is on the glory seat? Like if you had to put someone on the throne, uh, you know, God should always be the one on the throne, but who does this song put on the throne? Who are you worshiping when you sing the song? Like if you sing the song in church, who's being, who's being glorified? It's me. God isn't being glorified in this song. Nothing about this song glorifies God. It's just well. What if we just sing a little louder um, and raise hallelujahs? Yeah, uh, hallelujah means, it means you it know means praise to God. Yes, praise to God. But who knows that other than people who have <laughs> studied the Bible? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's this song is just this song is a joke. It, it really, it, it's just, it's a joke. It doesn't glorify God. It glorifies me. Um, and it's, it, it's just one of, it's one of the songs that just really bothers me. Uh, same people that wrote the song also wrote No Longer Slaves, which we've gone over before. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I think the War Chickens did a pretty good job with it. <laughs> oh man if we're saying that the worship conversion is good yeah there's problems yeah, the worship can get option uh, uh, the worship conversion is pretty good we're going to post that one and you are going to watch it everyone pause uh, pause he... go to the show notes you, we'll wait. you're welcome uh... it might make you tremble <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So is that my cue? Yeah. I think uh, so. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. So our next song that we're going to talk about is 
Tremble, and it's by Mosaic MSC. So Mosaic is a church out in Los Angeles, California, and it is pastored by one uh, Irwin McManus. Um, do you know him? I don't. I don't either. But, uh, but he's that was married to a Mariah McManus. He is. Mariah McManus is the worship leader, I believe. And he describes himself as an iconoclast. So you can imagine that they are a little bit different. Uh, definitely there. If you go to the church's homepage, I mean, you see lasers and fog and smoke machines. And I mean, the place looks like a really hot nightclub with a great band. Um, and they believe uh, right there on their kind of homepage that we believe that the church exists to declare the name of Jesus and to build a place called home for the many who do not have one. Uh, and they are, uh, they kind of have like five core values as a church. And those are a one uh, mission is why the church exists Two, love is the context for all mission. Three structure must submit to spirit Four relevance to culture is not optional and five creative is the natural creativity excuse me is the natural result of spirituality so yeah that that number four really gets me it does me too uh in basically they're saying that we must be relevant otherwise we're getting everything wrong which i don't know that I, i would like to see where they're getting that I think the church in Galatia might agree with that one, at least pre getting the letter. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and also mission is why the church exists. I'm not sure what they're trying to say by that. Yeah. Um, well, no mission exists because worship doesn't. Yeah. That, Oh man, we talked about that a little bit ago, didn't we? We did. Um, and I may also be butchering the quote again. We'll have to do another follow-up hey, when we get it right. The thought, though, yeah. is, 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 is right there. Yeah. Right. Um, but, and, and structure submitting to spirit, um, and it's a lowercase s on spirit. So I'm not sure what they're trying to say there. I don't think they're trying to say, maybe they are trying to say that the Holy Spirit has got to govern it all, but. Um, it it kind of, to me, it that sounds goes, very unstructured that, and that yeah, scares me. <laughs> that goes in the face of John four to me where you're supposed to worship in spirit and in truth, not yeah. spirit then in truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I, I, I do want to point out, like all of this, by the way, sounds bad. It just, I get all sorts of red flags from you, you reading mm-hmm. all of that. Oh, sure. But, um, in all of my looking into things and my doing research into different churches and stuff, mm-hmm. um, the only thing that I know about Mosaic just from before this particular episode is they wrote a song called Tremble. Like, I, I've not heard, I've not seen any YouTube videos of them saying all sorts of crazy stuff. I've not seen, uh, I've not read any of his books. I've not seen anyone quoting any of his, any of his books. I mean, when I think of like Bill Johnson and Stephen Furtick, you know, there's loads of stuff. Like they can't hide from from all of their online presence, and they they don't want to. Like they're all about, hey, look at me and all this stuff that I'm saying. But but this church, they're they're not like out there, you know, influencing 
you know, lots of other churches with this. Is they, they basically have this one song contributing to the the pantheon of all of the songs that are out there. And uh, so I do want to make the distinction between that and, say, Bethel, who is who everyone knows about. They're one of the big four. Bethel is. Mosaic is kind of a one-hit wonder. Well, they do have a lot of other songs as well. They do. Um, but, yeah, they seem to be a church built around Erwin McManus and kind of uh, his ministry, um, whatever that is. Uh, but everything seems to be kind of about him and um, his messages and things like that. So uh, I don't know much about him either, but yeah, I would say there are some red flags there. But yeah. at the same time, we do want to kind of take this song at least uh, uh, to begin with, uh, just kind of take a look at it. And so uh, I don't know, do you want me to read kind of the lyrics and then you start to sure. uh, go into the analysis? Okay, so um, the first verse starts out, peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break at your name. Still, call the sea to still, the rage in me to still, every wave at your name. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. So the the first two things that, that, that jump out. Um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the first verse, the, there's one line that makes me go, and that's the rage in me to still like uh, as far as like the context of the song i don't know why they they kind of put that line in there um like yeah. that that line could have been left out and it would have been better but it's 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 neither like a red flag nor is it a green flag well to me it seems like they're just trying to draw a distinction between stillness and rage yeah um, and maybe that's what what it's all about. Maybe, but um, one of the notes that I have is, and for the first verse is that there are um, it's a clear reference to the narrative of Jesus calming the storm that it's found in Matthew eight twenty three to twenty seven, Mark four thirty five to forty one, and Luke eight twenty two to twenty five. Um, the the line rage in me is, is really the only slight reference to sin in the song potentially um though the word choice is not clear enough to even yeah to even it yeah. seems like it's more about like a disquietness in your yeah. spirit which i'm reading a really great book uh, called the soul's uh conflict uh with itself and it's by it's a by a puritan named okay. um uh, richard sibbs okay. and he actually talks a lot about uh, the reasons for that, which we're not going to get into because yeah. this is, <laughs> that would take us a little bit that of would far take us a little bit. Yeah. But I would definitely recommend checking out. Yeah. Um, so I have, you know, it's not clear enough to get the full weight of sin. Uh, it was specifically chosen to mimic the idea of the raging sea and potentially how sin drives us to be wild and untamed. Uh, yet Christ mm-hmm. has the power to change that in us. Um, I don't necessarily believe that that's what they're going for. And that that's, that is a very gracious reading of it. Um, but in this particular narrative, there are some very interesting things that happen. 
And uh, one that I, I find is interesting, this is where Jesus is asleep in the boat and the, the storm yeah. is going crazy. They finally, they wake him up. And these are people that have spent, that have logged many hours in a boat on this sea and in storms. And they're afraid of their life for their lives, uh, which means it was a bad, it's a storm. bad storm. Um, <laughs> and so they wake Jesus up and they're like, don't you care? And he just looks at the, the, the waves and says, peace, be still. And then it was still. And then uh, it's, it's interesting. One of the narratives mentions, and they were afraid, but another one of the narratives mentioned, and they worshiped him, which makes me think that the, and they were afraid was a play on words not that they were afraid of Jesus, but that they feared Jesus and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which, mm-hmm. um, also, uh, the fear of the Lord is clean enduring forever. So I think that's the first time I've ever referred back to the Psalm that we read. Um, <laughs> that's great. It is great. We should do that more often. Yeah. It, it just has to work out that way. I think, um, <laughs> but uh, and so that's something that's very interesting, especially when we get into the chorus, uh, where it says you silence fear. Normally a song that mentions fear, but that does not mention sin directly, uh, is a huge red flag for me. Uh, mm-hmm. in this particular song though, uh, I really think that that's what they're, they're, they're getting at this particular narrative that with the diet, the, the disciples were afraid and he he stopped the storm, and they then shifted their fear from the waves to Jesus, and he silenced their fear of the waves, and that was a, an important part of the narrative. And so, in this particular song, in the context of this narrative, I think that's a perfectly fine thing to say because it's not talking about sin; it's literally talking about their fear of the waves and their fear of the fear for their life. And, yeah. Um, the line before that in the song, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Uh, this is from their own, like behind the music. They, uh, they took this from the, from Psalm 97, four, where it says his lightnings light up the world and the earth sees and trembles. Um, so, uh, they're talking about how, you know, he, his power is enough to make even nature tremble. Um, which they apply to this particular narrative in the New Testament where Jesus calms the storm. And so they're saying, you know, he's making, he made the storm tremble. He made the darkness tremble. And in so he also heals me of my trembling. So he, Mm -hmm. he has the power over nature to stop the the sea and, and to make even nature tremble at him. But he also has the same power to, bring me peace um yeah uh, it's really interesting i just happened to pull up the geneva notes on psalm 97 4 which talks about this fear uh and it says this fear does not bring the wicked to true obedience but actually makes them run away from god yeah which i think is really interesting um and then what you were saying about well actually yeah there's that same power there that makes uh, the wicked run, but yet there's also the same power that is um, uh, able to save, right? And to still the, the storm, so to yeah. speak. And uh, I also wanted to mention something. It's mentioned eight times in the chorus alone. Um, mm. And that is the name of Jesus. Oh, hey. 
That's um, a good improvement. Which is a very good improvement. I, I specifically chose this song to pair against Raise a Hallelujah because Raise a Hallelujah is talking like, who are you raising the Hallelujah for? Like, who are you trying to praise? You're trying to praise Jesus. Why don't you just say Jesus eight times in the chorus? Because <laughs> other songs do. Um, and so that was kind of my thought behind pairing this. Or even out. once. I mean, once. Or even just begin. once. Once in the song would be better than not at all. But um, yeah, this song has, it just unashamedly praises the name of Jesus, which other songs in CCM right now, just they just don't. Um, I, I loved it in the, the worship song song where it's like, we forgot to mention Jesus. Um, <laughs> that, that line made me laugh more than anything. Um because it's fantastic. so true. It's so yeah. true. In this song, I, I mentioned to you in my my dry sarcasm over text, which never quite works. But I said this song. <laughs> this song forgot to forget to mention Jesus. <laughs> um, and so I just like this song. Like I just I love that this song just says the name of Jesus over and over and over again. I think it's just so powerful. Uh, and not not necessarily in, in the way of a mantra. Like if you can just say the name Jesus, it will bring you power. But there's something about just unashamedly just saying the name Jesus when so many worship songs today just don't. Um, the next verse, let's get into that one. It says, breathe, call these bones to live, call these lungs to sing once again, I will praise. Uh, clearly, this is taking from Ezekiel 37. Sure, uh, Valley of Dry Bones. Valley of Dry Bones. Um, this verse is different from the rest of the song, uh, so it's it's changing the narrative, going to a different passage. Um, and it's calling on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that breathes into us. Um, and, and I think if you're going from one verse to another verse, like it, you can switch talking about the, to the different persons of the Trinity, but it is better to begin your switch with a direct, uh, if it said spirit breathe, then we would know that they were switching, but that's, it's very minor. Okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, I have, it's calling on the Holy spirit. I'll be it somewhat confusing the persons of the son and the spirit, but I like, uh, how it's not simply enough to save us from dangers of sin, presumably, but also to make us new with regeneration. It shows a more complete understanding of the salvation process. So there is a saving us from the danger, but there's also a making us new and filling us with the ability to praise. Um, Also, it's just good to see scripture being quoted. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing about that, like where, I mean, a key port part of that passage in Ezekiel is that God will take away our hearts of stone yeah. and instead place in us a heart of flesh, which is a very important yeah. uh, metaphor. Like that is, that is regeneration. That is justification. Yeah. I pray that uh, over my now, children every night. Yeah. That, they will have a heart of flesh that they will finally be able to um, obey the Lord. Really? Yeah. I mean, cause without, without that, we cannot obey the Lord if we're not regenerate. Yeah. And so 
uh, a lot of songs like Raise a Hallelujah, it's just about raising empty praise. It's just, it's about doxology without theology, which as Shailen says, is actually idolatry. Uh, whereas this particular song is clearly praising Jesus and is clearly piling evidence from the scripture. It is using the, the sword as its weapon. You know, it is piling reference after reference after reference uh, into this song, uh, filling it with scripture as its, as its proof of who Jesus is and of what Jesus can do, which is a very good thing. Um, moves in, moving into the bridge, it just adds even more. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. That's taken from uh, uh, it's taken from John 1, 5, where it says the light shines into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful uh, passage. Yeah, your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive forever lifted high. Um, your name cannot be overcome. I think I have Philippians 2, 9 through 11, where it says, therefore God has mm-hmm. highly exalted him and bestowed him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. So your name is alive forever. It's lifted high. Um, so they just pile reference after reference after reference they unashamedly declare the name of Jesus over and over and over again in the light of the scripture that is being rightly divided um, I just I really like the song would it be better if it talked about specifically being saved from sin absolutely that is the one thing that's really lacking in this song but you know when you when you look at raise a hallelujah which has one kind of fleeting reference to scripture completely out of context forgetting to mention god at all making reference to to pagan greek mythology and you know not saying anything that holds any substance compared to this particular song lost in the mystery so to speak in the mystery so to speak whereas (laughs) this song just piles evidence upon evidence straight from the scripture over and over again. I just, I really, really like this song. Yeah, this song is really neat. It is, it does use probably the most overused metaphor in all of Christian music, and that is uh, Jesus calming the storm. But it does it in a really good way that forces us to focus on that power that actually can remove fear. And it's not fear for fear's sake. It's not fear replacing sin. It's, um, Necessarily, anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say you know, definitively that's what they're saying, but um, it, it does help refocus us. And then where it piles in, as you said, the uh, the scripture on the Valley of the Dry Bones and calling to mind for those um, who know the Bible uh, with that reference there, uh, remembering that our hearts of stone have been replaced by uh, hearts of flesh uh, and can now, you know, beat (laughs) we're alive again, you know, really we've been rescued. Um, And the way that they use that then um, that, you know, it's his name that cannot be overcome. It's not us. It's nothing in us. We were dead 
and he made us alive. Uh, your name is alive and forever lifted high. Um, and so knowing uh, or why, uh, seeing that, first of all, they, they call out the name of the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, so often and connect that to your name. Uh, it's not just some vague notion of whose name, but your name, Jesus, um, is that light. Yeah. Your name uh, cannot be overcome and your name is alive forever. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I also wanted to point out as well that it, there is no line in this song that starts with the first person. So if there's any first person at all in the song, it's, it's almost always at the end of a line. Um, whereas opposed to the Jesus is at the beginning of each of those lines, meaning that that, means that, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's, it's taking the focus off of me. If, uh, so when you put I at the beginning of a line, like I raise a hallelujah, the first thing, the first part of the line is what you think of the most. And so, for example, the second line in the song, the storm surrounding me, the storm is what you're thinking of. I did, it just happens to be surrounding me. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, I am in the middle of the storm. I am in the middle mm-hmm. of the storm has a different connotation than the storm is around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the first person is kind of like the, either the direct object that the subject is acting on or an indirect object. Right. And then, but it's not the subject. Right. And so when you get to the chorus, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, mm-hmm. you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Uh, you know, that, you know, he is the focus. He is what they are focusing on. And then what you, you think about, like, what does the song say about me? Uh, the storm is surrounding me. Uh, I am rageful. Um, let's see. I'm having to search to find all of the other times in fear. Yeah. Yeah. In darkness. Right. Like, um, you know, once again, I will praise. So there's, I am, I'm praising you, but it's because of the work Mm -hmm. you have done because you have called my bones to live because you have breathed new life into my lungs. I am able to praise. Um, that's important as well which is a very stark contrast to raise a hallelujah. Yeah. It doesn't mention me very often at all. Yeah. In the song. And that first person to second person ratio is, is really good. Yeah. It's fantastic. I think, I think John Piper might even be okay with this particular song. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. We'll have to ask him. We'll have to ask him. Uh, well, we we should uh, do an ask Pastor John and say, Doctor Piper, if you could call you, in, would you sing um, this song because of how many times it mentions Jesus and how it barely mentions me at all, or is that one time too much? Yeah, I wonder if they sing this at uh, Bethlehem. Uh, but in any case, that's, yeah, that's neither here nor there. It's in Bethlehem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so when I think of like the law and gospel, there's not a lot of law. There's, there's more gospel, uh, sure. but it still has a whole lot about the work of Christ, not just the idea of empty praise or just response. Um, yeah, I guess that's the one criticism that you could, 
well, one of the criticisms you could leverage at, uh, level at this um, particular thing is it's not real law heavy. That's yeah. true. Um, but at the same yep. at the same time, I would say uh, one of the things that I was just looking through my notes on this song, I said, yeah, literally, I said Psalm twenty three doesn't mention sin. Just wanted to point that out. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was going to say too that like, why is it even important that we mention law? Like, why is that in there? And it's because we are forgetful humans and yeah. we don't we don't see sin for what sin is we can easily forget that it's so awful it's so yeah. uh, dirty it's so um wrong you know it's an offense against a holy god and so that's why you know that's that's a big reason why anyway yeah. we have that law portion yeah. included and so while the song doesn't mention law it does mean it, it does have doxology after theology it brings theology and then worships rightly for it and that's mm -hmm. something that is is very important as well um and i'd say that that follows the psalm model to say you know um you know lord you're good and your your steadfast love endures forever you know that is i am stating something and i'm worshiping you for it um uh, you know, and uh, and this song does that. It's it's not just worshiping God because I'm supposed to. It's worshiping God because of all that He has done, and uh, I find it to be um, satisfying. It's just it's satisfying to to praise God because of who He is and what He has done, not just so that I can sing louder. Mm-hmm it's actually praising him for something he has done for you. Um, and knowing uh, through this song who it is that we are trusting in for that uh, and being reminded of that again and again of yeah. what has happened. Um, and, I understand. And I, and I would say it's also, it's because of that, because of the overwhelming packing of scripture, I'd say it'd be very, very difficult to take this song and like spin it to be something that it isn't. Um, meaning like, it'd be very hard to like, it, it would be very hard to sing this in a Mormon church. Um, because of, of what it says, because of how much it, it is pulling from scripture, not just old, not just new Testament, but also old Testament. Mm -hmm. And whereas raise a hallelujah, I feel like you could sing that song in a Mormon church and get away with it. It's, it's because there's nothing that's there's nothing distinctly yeah. Christian right. uh, against uh, sort of the challengers. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, it, it'd be hard to sing this song. It'd be hard to sing this song in a really, in a super health and wealth. I mean, I know that Mosaic is probably up there, so they do sing the song in there, but it's it, it doesn't have a lot of of health and wealth vibes. Like it, it doesn't have a lot of, um, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't put off messages that aren't the gospel. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how much they are like more of a health and wealth gospel. They seem to be more of a, um, like social justice focus and, yeah. and, uh, things like that, which, you know, they live in LA. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I believe that mosaic comes from the idea of multiple skin colors. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just like seeing pictures of, of them. It just, I think that they're really trying to be like a multicultural. I think that's what the, either that or they're just super into the mosaic covenant. <laughs> Is it bad that that's what I originally thought? That's hilarious. <laughs> now that you're mentioning like, yeah, it's probably, <laughs> I feel kind of dumb. All right. Yeah. No, that's, that's it. Exactly. Well, as we wrap up this episode, uh, I would like to just say, Man of Sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. There is a bomb in to make the wounded for listening to the Balm and Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereis at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balm and Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast. So this has happened once before, just before we started recording. But this is the first time that we've made it all the way to the end of the episode, and I'm about to segue into the uh, sign-off. And I don't have a title picked. I don't have a hymn picked. I didn't even think about because I put this out there, um, yeah. and so I didn't even think because I've. So I'm like, what am I segueing to? I don't know. Let's pause and figure out what this what this uh, episode is called. Uh, Probably something to do with Hallelujah. Um, hmm. Too bad I've already done Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. At Calvary, I don't know that one. At Calvary, glory to His name. Mercy there was grace and grace was free. Yeah, that's it. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my something soul cried liberty. Miracle. Jesus loves even me.
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. I don't know if I'll do that one. In my heart there rings a melody, there rings with heaven's harmony. In my heart there rings a melody, there rings a melody of love. There's that one. I don't, I don't know about that one. Let's see. He touched me. He touched me is a very awkward one. <laughs> it is. I'd rather have Jesus something beautiful. Love lifted me. <laughs> right, we've already done that one. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Redeemed. How I met. Redeemed by the blood of me. Redeemed. That's a Fanny, Fanny J. Crosby. Yeah. Ooh, hold on. I just thought of one. Okay. This is probably what it's going to be. Um. All right. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah. What a Savior. That one? Yeah, it kind of ends on... It's... Hallelujah, what a Savior. Philip Bliss. Yeah. Um, what song is that again? Man of Sorrows, what a name. Man of Sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came. Ruin sinners. To, to reclaim, hallelujah, what a savior. Oh boy, I missed that up. Hallelujah, what a savior. Hallelujah, what a savior. That's really nice. Yeah, I think that one would be great. All right. <laughs> That's... That's fantastic. Let's just do that one, and then I will have plenty of ripe material for our post-credits scene. Oh, good. With us floundering <laughs> around trying to figure out an episode title. It's hilarious, too, because, you know, invariably we will uh, start off at a pretty good clip, and it will slow down as we try to match each other, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Better than poetry for two. <laughs> <laughs> 